Welcome or welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about your handmade product photo and chat to you about the nine product photo mistakes that we see the most often and how to avoid them. Let's dive in. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. everyone and welcome back to the business of making podcast this is deb and i'm here as always with jess g'day g'day and mick hello and today we are talking about product photography which i'm super excited about we're going to talk about mistakes we don't want you to make (laughs) and that we see so many mistakes (laughs) and and then you know that's fair there's a bit of a learning curve with product photos and sometimes you're so into it and after four hours of like taking the same pictures a million times, you kind of settle for something that is the best that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we want to make sure that you have almost like a little anti-mistake checklist in mind next time you take pictures because we do see mistakes coming back and they're easy to fix. So we're going to talk about that today. I think we have nine mistakes we want to talk about. So far. I, I have guys that will come, come up with more things. <laughs> it's very likely you're going to turn into a 15-point list. <laughs> Um, But before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our Patreon and his name is Klaus. Klaus, hello. You would uh, know me from the HQ as well because he's an HQ member. Klaus uh, has a shop called Santiago Dog Shop. You can find him at santiagodogshop.etsy.com. Santiago, just like the city. And Klaus is in Germany and he sells accessories for dogs. So dog leashes, collars, and they are made with paracord. I think he's working on some new lines with some other materials, but at the moment it's mainly paracord, very beautiful product. He has a beautiful dog called Santiago that has like, this is unrelated, but I have to comment (laughs) because he's the cutest dog and he's always posting pictures of him. And you can tell, you know, it's an inspiration for him as well. And he just loves his dog and he's he's doing it for all the other people out there who love their dog. And we know there's many. And so he really cares about the end product and the quality of his leashes. So Plus, you're doing amazing. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the show as well. As you guys might know or might not know, we never have ads on this show. We don't take sponsors or anything like that. Instead, we are, what's the little tagline that we have? Made by makers. Made by makers. I really should remember that. It's not a hard tagline. (laughs) But yes, essentially the Patreons help us support the show. They help us, you know, cover the cost of editing and our wonderful assistant, uh, Ivy, who's working with us in putting the show together every week. Every week, every second week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so thank you so much to all of you. If you would like to know more about, you know, what you can get as a Patreon, go to pay- patreon.com slash T-B-O-M. That's the one. And you can see all the benefits that you can get. You get extra episodes, you get behind the scene videos, you get discount codes and a bunch of cool things. So go ahead and take a look. Sorry, I was just remembering our last video where we went on a rant about language for like five minutes or something, didn't we? Like we were talking about French and then Spanish and we always um, come up with something weird. (laughs) I back about something because we're always quite tired by the... by the end of recording so we're like yeah it's like the behind the scenes videos are like what we think of the episode that we just recorded essentially so oh, I thought like, that was amazing actually yeah. 
It's really funny. And often we record on like a Friday afternoon. It's not the case today, but usually we're like a bit funny and silly at the end. And so you get like, yeah, the behind the scene, the the not edited version of the podcast. (laughs) Okay. So photos, should we dive in with mistake number one? Mm -hmm. Before we do that, I just wanted to mention that our upcoming patrons only episode, we're actually going to be critiquing photos from our, our patrons. So we've got a bunch of photos that we're going to be critiquing and that's going to be available to our patrons only. So if you want to kind of get access to that, you'll be able to see the photos and see what we say about them. So thanks to those who have sent those photos in. But yeah, just in case you're interested in that, don't miss that one. Thanks, Jess. Um, now back to the show. <laughs> now back to the show. Program. <laughs> So mistake number one on our little list here is blurry photos. Blurry. Yeah, so easy to do and so frustrating because sometimes you don't notice you've done it until you look at the photos afterwards. This is what often happens to me because I freehand most of my photos and that's when you're most likely to get camera shake and therefore blur. So what would be a solution for that? (laughs) Well, first you could have a tripod. That would be the first solution. And don't like touch the camera when you take the photo. So use like an app that connects to your camera to take the photo or put the timer on or something like that so that you're not actually pushing on the camera when you take the photo so that avoids camera shake. Why don't you use a tripod yourself? I feel that's so weird. It's because of how I take my photos because I have, if you look at my shop, most of my photos are taken from an interesting angle. They're not like straight flat on photos because I yeah. really don't like how that looks personally. I mean, I have specific angles that I've developed over time that I tend to use for certain products, but I also just like to move around the product from lots of different directions because also but since I make silver jewelry, you'll often get like a reflection or a yeah. flash or some, uh, you know, like a one edge will light up with the light hitting it a certain way. And so I actually like getting those things. So I find like it's so much faster (laughs) if I just move around and take the photos uh, so that I get all those interesting angles and then when I go to edit them, I can pick out the ones that are okay. I would never use a tripod either. It's funny Mm. when you you were saying that that it's weird, I'm like, yeah, that is weird. I'm like, hold on, no, no, no. (laughs) I would never want to use one either because you do kind of want to move around and unless you're taking like heaps and heaps of photos of different objects from the same angle, I feel mm. like that's when you would want to use a tripod because you got to click it in, yeah. click it out. Yes. But at the same time, how to avoid the blurry photos is to have better lighting because then yeah. you're only going to get that camera shake if the shutter's slow mm-hmm. and shutters are on. I mean, it's not a real shutter on a phone anymore, but if you are using your phone, it's the same deal. Like if it's a really low light, then if you move it, it's going to be blurry. So if your photo is more well lit or if the scene is well lit from the beginning, you're going to have less of an issue. I... I remember having a big issue with blurry photos when I would put, and this is using a DSLR, so maybe if you're not using that, then you can kind of zone out for a second, but having a really shallow depth of field and having it actually too small and I would miss the focal point. So I'd accidentally focus like slightly off. And so I'd like Mm -hmm. hit the, I'd focus on the back of the product instead of the front. So then the front is blurry and you don't sort of notice until you get it in the computer either. So it's like, ah, it's so annoying when that happens. So yes. also just knowing like even if you are trying to go for that shallow depth of field to make sure that enough of the product is in focus that it's like you want all of that in focus, not just part of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you can actually, if you are using your phone, which probably a lot of you are, 
There's on most phones, there's something called portrait mode, mm. which allows you to do that shallow depth of field magical. look. Yeah, it is magical. But again, you can make that mistake where you focus on the wrong part of the product. So well, you, you can, careful. except then if you download on Apple at least a uh, app called Focos, which is F-O-C-O-S, you can open that portrait mode photo and adjust all of the settings. So what? you can like increase the depth of field, decrease the depth of field. That's I'm amazing. Like, yeah, it's like it's crazy pants. I was like. Oh, if only I was taking product photos still, this would be great, but I'm not. So, but yeah, it's really. I had no idea about that. The, I mean, so I guess it's doing it digitally, isn't it? It's not yeah. like doing oh, yeah, it in yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so, just, yeah. it's all, it's the artificial intelligence is mm. seeing the, I'm making hand motions for everyone at home, seeing the edge of object, the subject, mm. and it's like noting where those are. But it's so crazy because it can also. It's like a, I don't even know how to explain this in words and I'm doing it with my hands. It's like a plane, like a, not an aeroplane, like a physical plane. Like a pane of glass. A pane of glass and it can move through the subject Mm. and you can set where that is so it knows that your nose comes out the front and knows that your ears are further. It's crazy pants. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a fast just then. <laughs> I've been excited about this other app that you can use. But that's a, that's a good thing. And like you said, shutter speed, mm. you can actually adjust that if you have an expert mode on your camera, which honestly you should be using if you're taking product photos with your camera. But we'll get to that. Yeah. You can adjust the shutter speed because with a faster shutter speed, it takes the photo more quickly and so it does avoid that camera shake, but it also lets less light in. So like yes. Nick said, if you don't have enough light, it won't work to have that faster shutter speed. You won't get well-lit photos, in other words. Yeah. So blurry photos, number one. What was that, number five one. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to turn into quite an episode. Okay, number two we have on the list is white balance. Okay. I find this. So I've been taking photos since I was in uni a million years ago and, you know, sort of semi-professionally at some points, I find white balance the hardest thing. Mm. Like it's constantly like I always know the image is wrong I know that it's off I know it's just a little bit blue or a little bit yellow or a little bit red or yeah. a little bit gray and I find yeah. it really difficult so for those that are like what is white balance to start with because I think we imagine it's like oh the white isn't white and yeah like it's that's kind of how you look at it like is the white accurately white but really it's referring to what's called color temperature right and it's mm-hmm. like on one end of the spectrum you've got like those bluish kind of color very cold and then on the other one you've got like those really yellow tones so if you look at like around your house even your light bulbs will have different color temperature like usually the one in your bedroom on your bedside table is like this nice warm yellow because it's cozy and then you have the bright neon like blue light (laughs) in the supermarket or somewhere I don't know Mm. and so it's kind of like thermometer for color (laughs) from cold to warm and I agree, it's probably the hardest part. It's like making sure that you're kind of smack bang in the middle so that the colors are actually an accurate reflection of what your customer is going to get. Mm. So that your white don't look purple. <laughs> your purple don't look white. No, <laughs> the way around them. <laughs> Wasn't there a dress like that? I don't know. Oh, yes, yeah. there was. Yeah. Remember this? It was like, is the dress blue or gold? Or gold. And that could not, I can't remember which side I was on, but I think it's because it was a weirdly taken photo. That was the problem is that somebody took it with like, there was another one as well. And it was with shoes or something. It was just Mm. optical illusion, but yeah, Mm. not so interesting. Yeah, Yeah, in color. Yeah, that's problematic for your customers because you can see a picture that's a bit off. And as you said, Michaela, it's like you can't really pinpoint, especially if you're, you're not the maker, you're like a customer. You can't say exactly what's wrong. 
but you know it's not exactly the right color and therefore you don't know exactly what you're going to get as a color and what kind of purple you're going to get or what kind of blue you're going to get. Two things about this. One, usually you can fix this in editing using the warmth slider so you can adjust the white balance if you did screw it up when you took the photo. Number two, though, very importantly, if you're taking your photos on a white background, this is going to become your nemesis, okay, because if you want your shop to look professional, Every single photo with a white background, the white background needs to look white. It doesn't need to look slightly gray or slightly yellow. I hate that when I come into a shop and they've all, they've all used white backgrounds, but then some of the photos have that gray cast. Some of, it just the looks terrible. right? Like if, if all the photos are just a tiny bit gray, it's like you could get away with it, but sometimes yes. they're gray, sometimes they're blue, sometimes they're yellow. Mm, and that's yeah. Really, yeah, it's bad, bad, bad. Yeah, so you're yeah. if you do do white backgrounds, this is something you need to get sorted. You need to yeah. make sure you're doing this right. Otherwise, it just will look terrible. And yeah. it's all about lighting. So it's all about yes. your lighting setup. If you want to have a white background, then you might need to do some research into not just relying on using the natural light from the window when the weather's perfect because the weather's going to be different all the time. So you might need to do some research into actual like mini studio lighting and working out what your setup's going to be. And then yeah. you can have the same setup every time and it will be perfect every time because it'll be exactly the same. But yeah. that takes knowledge and experience and a bit of practice. Yeah. Something that you need to check out as well is your light. Well, this is if you're taking pictures with artificial light. Something that you can do and should do as well is look at your Kelvin rating or Kelvin, whatever it's called, scale. Kelvin thing on your light bulb. Essentially. Kelvin scale, yeah. Kelvin Kelvin thing. <laughs> I didn't know that even before I started taking, like actually getting into photography myself. I didn't know that when you go to the supermarket, even for your house, like I thought it was really interesting. Anyway, when you get a light bulb, there's like a K number on this little packaging that will tell you this is 2000, this is 5000, 6000 Kelvin. And that's the scale we were talking about before from colder blue whites to like this warm yellowish. And to have something that looks like daylight like natural sun, daylight in the shade, you need to be at around 5,500K, so Kelvins. So make sure that your lights have the right Kelvin kind of amount, scale, mm. whatever. Yeah. Number. <laughs> right number, yeah. Mm. And then on your camera, you should have a white balance setting that tells your camera, hey, this is what my light bulbs are. So if you don't actually have 5,500K, you can tell your camera, hey, I'm, I'm working with light bulbs here that are slightly under, they at 4,000. And so your camera can adjust with that in mind. Essentially, your camera is being smart. So that's something you can do if you have DSLR. And I think if you don't know what your light bulbs are, I can't remember the name of the app now, but if you already have light setups and you're like, I just don't know what they are, I threw the box of my light bulb away. There's an app that will let you on your phone, you take a picture of your room and it will tell you this is what the cold temperature here and how to adjust it on your DSLR. So there's heaps that you can do, but spend some time there because it sucks. It's not fun, (laughs) but it sucks so much more to try to fix it in editing. You can, but you can get yourself into some over editing and overcompensating and you're trying to get that white background so white that then you forgot that your picture has now gone from like a light rose pink to like a bright purple. (laughs) Because you like compensate it too much. So take the time before editing to actually learn how to prevent that in the first place. Yeah. I just did a workshop in the circle about editing. I talked about this white balance warmth thing. And one of my students was like, oh my God, this whole time I've been trying to fix this by 
increasing the exposure or the brightness. Yes. Yeah, that, that's not going to help. <laughs> that's not going to help because it's not about how much brightness is there. Not that you should really be using brightness or exposure as your main editing tool anyway, but that's another yeah. That's another step. So just be aware of that particular thing. It's the, the warmth or the, or the colour temperature is what you're adjusting. Yeah. I think too, just on this same point, it's really important when we're talking about white balance, if you have a good photo, don't put a filter on it because it messes oh God, with the white no. balance. I think lots of people already know this, but it it should go without saying that as soon as you put a filter on anything, besides messing up like the consistency of everything, your photo. Everything, messing up everything. Up everything. <laughs> it changes the colour of your product yeah. and it changes the look and the feel. And it just like these days, honestly, it looks really amateur. So don't do that. That's yeah. out, that can be point number 10, but I've said it now. So Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's okay to a point with social media. Like if your Instagram feed, you have like a, a special, I don't know, there's all sorts of apps these days that have very subtle mm. like colour things you can put on them. So you might want to put a subtle blue tint. Yeah, presets and but things, yeah. Yes, but not on your actual product yeah. photos in your shop. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. That's yeah. the best The best way to a bad review. I thought this product was going to mm. be grey, but turns out it's purple. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not good. Do you struggle with figuring out what price to put on your products? I think we've all been there and it can be really confusing and frustrating trying to work out exactly where to price our products and put them in the marketplace. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier for you by putting together a free checklist. In this checklist, we take you through all of the things you need to consider and include in your pricing and also a few of the things you might want to consider when it comes to adjusting your pricing once the math stuff has been sorted out. So you can get a hold of that free download over at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. Okay, number three is poor or bad background. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole freaking episode on every single one of these things. Number one, don't you use like a dirty background. Wrinkled. Oh, wrinkled if you're trying to photograph on like a black velvet don't do that like I see some like traditional or older jewelers doing this like photographing their jewelry on a like black velvet background it's like the worst possible background because it just shows up all dust and dirt and stuff like you need to make sure your background is crisp and clean and not wrinkled if it's fabric yeah the wrinkle thing <laughs> is what well, is my pet peeve like, I love that you have this black velvet thing because I don't really care I'm like yeah, you can do that as long as it's clean and not dusty I don't mind but I can tell that you're so you know that it and you do you know how hard it is to get it clean enough for like a photo of a piece of jewelry yeah yeah oh that's the thing too like if you're going to go <laughs> macro because you have a small yes. product and you're seeing the yes. background a lot more closely then yeah that's definitely bad but the wrinkle mm. thing like if you're using a white mm. or whatever color I don't care but you often it's like a white sheet that's kind of meant to be like a white background and it's all wrinkled and weird no <laughs> I totally did that when I started taking yeah photos yeah and it's not like no if you're doing any of these mistakes we don't, don't hate you we just say stop doing it <laughs> yeah I did all of these things wrong when I started yeah. like all of them so and I still do some they're of them easy to like miss too because you're so you're like yes I got the right reflection the right angle this is the right color of my product and you're so obsessed about like the focus on the product that you forgot that at the back there's this big dust thing or this big stain or something yeah so that's not good or like a washing basket or yes. like, you know if we're thinking more further in the background if you have a large yeah. object and maybe you put it on your back deck or something it's like your clotheslines in the background <laughs> Yeah, yeah. unless that's whatever. part of like the styling and theming, you like your rural or something, so it's like makes sense. But no, like yeah, 
You want to make sure there's nothing like crazy. That's a great point. Like lifestyle images, like the background, it's not about like, I'm showing my life in the background with my dirty laundry in my basket at the back. You know, it's really everything (laughs) needs to be on purpose and like not too cluttered. I see that a lot as well. You put so much in your pictures that you're like, what are you selling? Which one is it? (laughs) Mm Because there's so much around it. Another one I see often is if you're using a box, like a photo box, or you have like a cardboard for bouncing the light from your window or something like that. And you will see, I don't even know how to call it, like the lines of the box and the edges Mm -hmm. and, you know, the seams of like the paper that you folded at the back or or something like that. That's also a big no-no because I can straight away, it's like, I'm not concentrating on the product. I'm seeing the setup. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That you can remove easily with editing, but also avoid taking the picture of that if you can. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Another rule of thumb is like if you have a product with a pattern, have a plain background. But if you have a plain product, you can potentially have some sort of patterned background, but not both. Yeah, I think it's all about (laughs) contrast, right? So Yeah, it is. It is. If your product is quite bold in colour, I mean, even with the pattern thing, you could get away with having a pattern background if it's very subtle and very light, if your product Mm. has a really bold dark color as long as there's enough contrast between your thing and the background it can work but generally I would say just as just said like if you have a pattern thing just go with a plain background mm. yeah because you don't too want too much there's too much going on yeah. like it's it's confusing for the brain to have especially mm. if they're not sort of complementary they're like clashing sort of patterns mm. It can be really off-putting, so just be really aware of that. And I think that well. goes on too with what I was mentioning in the first point about like a shallow depth of field. If you can somehow, you know, reduce that depth of field enough so your product is in focus and the background is out of focus, like that's ideal because you're creating a contrast. So your thing mm-hmm. is in focus. And then, and I think we're, Jess and I are probably thinking about this slightly differently because if you're photographing jewellery and you are just like lying it on the background or it's quite close because it's small, that's a very different thing to taking something outside and having the background mm. quite a long way away. Yeah, so sure. it really depends on your product and your setup and like all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Contrast is the best way to put it, definitely. Make sure the product pops off the background mm. or pops out from the background and that it doesn't blend in or it's not overshadowed by the background or the styling. We didn't actually put this in, but styling goes along with this. Like do not overstyle your pictures. Mm especially your main product photo, like your studio, what's called a studio shot, which is like the product, (laughs) just the product. And you can do a bit of styling with your, you know, other types of photos. But again, still make sure it's really obvious what the actual product is. Yeah. So you've seen that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry dates the model and he sees a picture of her in the magazine and he's like, what is this advertising? She's like, the jeans. He's like, where are the jeans? She's like, you know, over there in the back corner, slung over the chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah. I see billboards like that all the time. I'm like, what are you actually trying to sell me? (laughs) It's not smart. The dream. Like, Like, is there a website I can go to? Like, for God's sake, make it easy for me. Call to action. Call me to action. Exactly. <laughs> Tell me like, what to do. <laughs> this might be obvious to you, but it's not obvious to someone who doesn't know what your product is. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. Really quickly, because we really need to move on to the next one, but I can't help but mention this. Poor background. What do we think about colored? I, I just feel like some people could be listening to that and going, do I need white? Can I go pink? Can I put mm. my brand color? Uh, what about wood surfaces, like, you know, and all this stuff? You know what? You can do any of those things once you perfect your photography. Yes. 
you need to get good at it first and then you can start doing other things which are much harder to do mm. once you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. But there's that no yeah, rule I'm against the coloured background actually. No, no. I, hate, I hate white backgrounds personally. I never, ever use white background. I just loathe it. So I use textures and cut, like I use wood and texture and I uh, used to use like dark colours mm. against my silver jewellery and stuff like that because, it may, again, it's the contrast. It makes it stand out. I hate silver jewelry on a white background. I just well, feel yeah, like it's really no anemic contrast, looking. Right? Yeah. No, it's awful. So that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I mean, not something I would Going back to what I just do. said, I, I was kind of like, no, do it right first. But what I mean is like mm. white is not like baseline of how you figure out how to get yeah. your photography good. Just playing, I think, is ideal. Playing yeah, anyway. Plain. Whatever, whatever yeah. playing thing works, go yeah. for it. And then you can start introducing like other stuff. If you want to, but you got to know mm-hmm. how to do that plan stuff first well and have your product really stand yeah. out and have that contract. Keep first. in mind that only there's some reasons when, like, give guides, for example, and things like that, like working with magazines and the press and things like that, they will require like crisp white background because they need that mm-hmm. to edit them into their magazines and catalogs and blogs and whatever. So if you're ever going to be doing that kind of stuff, then you might need to <laughs> get that white cardboard out and do white background properly but you can have a bit of fun you know you can absolutely use mm. some of your brand colors you can depending on your brand as well like some brand are like super joyful poppy like bright colors and it can really help tell the story of the product to bring that color in your shot so it's fine yeah i can yeah. brand it and make it stand out from everybody yeah. else's photos 100 yeah i think the main thing is just start simple get really good at simple and then you can yeah. introduce more all right different number things. four flash or dark light Poor light. Well, we have a lot of keywords there. Essentially, lighting problems. <laughs> and then I was going to yeah. say, and exposure and everything light. <laughs> yeah. So don't use flash, number one. Don't use flash unless it's a mini studio setup, in which case you would want to use flash. and Because you'll have like four of them around yeah. the room. That will but you've got to know illuminate. how to do yeah. that. But like essentially, I think that the key concept is direct versus indirect light or diffused mm. light. And so the idea is that you'd never want the light to hit your product directly. So whether you're working with a light bulb <laughs> or the sun, you don't want the ray of sun to hit your product and you don't want your light bulb to go straight onto your product. It's going to feel like it's going to give you more light, but it's so harsh that you're going to get some really hard shadows and it's going to look very bad. <laughs> so you want to diffuse. The further we get into these tips, I'm like, well. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, there are some brands that might, want that look yes i'm just thinking like, like it's kind of brands on, or something that it's kind of on trend at the moment to have that really bright sunlight with the harsh shadow but it's very hard yeah, to these do are people who yeah, have like 10 years of experience taking products i wouldn't I yeah i wouldn't try and follow that trend at the moment no diffuse light is the way to go 100 percent. yeah at yeah. this yeah where we so are diffuse light sure. meaning Either you're in the shade if you're using the natural light from the sun. So like if you're using a window, you're not, you know, you either have some sort of, what are they called? Those really light paper. Tracing paper? Well, you can buy like a diffuser, like an actual diffuser on Amazon or whatever. Or baking paper, is that what you mean? No, not baking paper. I put baking paper on the window. Anyway, that's okay. I will maybe remember this magic word before the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you can diffuse your light if that's the case or just be in the shade. I think that's the best. Like just be in the shade. Mm. 
I think shade is tricky. If it's a sunny day, shade is actually tricky. Cloudy day, perfect, right? Because mm. it is very diffuse. With cloudy but... day is that I'm seeing this a lot in my community with people in the. This is going to sound funny, but I've noticed they're all in the UK somewhere, and they have really beautiful mm-hmm. moving skies. Well, very different cloudy days. You know what I mean? Like different Mm. kind of like overcasty vibe. Different intensity. Yes, which Ah. I mean, we're not going to get into a meteorological. I've never thought of that. Well, cloudy day in Canberra is the perfect light. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the thing, like right in Australia, especially where I am because I'm closer to the equator, we have very strong sunlight. Mm. So when it's cloudy, it's still bright. But when you're living somewhere like the UK, your sun is already anemic as hell. And so then when you put cloud over it, it's just so yeah, dark. Yeah, and I think yeah. my problem right? is like the consistency as well. Like say Wednesday afternoon, you're, yeah. there, you're, like, you're like taking your shots, you don't quite have the time to finish and you want to start again Thursday morning, but the sky has changed. And now suddenly you have to change the settings of your camera a little bit to get the same results. Mm. So you're going to have to do more editing to make them all matchy-matchy on your shop. But that's going to be the same no matter what you do unless you have a studio. This is why my personal opinion is <laughs> <laughs> I love the sun, but seriously, quick 30, it's 30 bucks on Amazon to get two light boxes, two umbrellas, two whatever you want, soft box. Like just go on Amazon, get some light, and then you can work at midnight if you want also. You don't need, you're not like reliant on the sun being perfect that day and the same the next day. And you just get to have this exact same setup every time that you can trust. It's reliable. It's consistent. It's going to work. It's cheap. It is affordable. Mm-hmm. And it's worth it because pictures are everything to your sales. Like you're not going to sell with average pictures. So, I mean, I understand that I don't want to spend money on that and I want to use the sunlight. But it's like, yeah, but you're going to lose so much time and probably sales. I don't know. That's personal. You do you. It's a scale, right, of ideal circumstances. Like what you've just described is ideal, having your own little, a couple of lights mm. and a couple like in, in the house, da, da, da. then like down from there is diffuse light either coming in through the window from the sun or in the shade outside but like maybe with a reflector to get a bit more light in there. And then down from that is like at the bottom is back inside again with your bloody kitchen light. Like it's horrible, mm. don't do that. Yeah, so it's yeah. you've got to kind of work out where you are on that scale and just try and keep moving up until you get to that top part. You know, but like Deb said, everything is so cheap these days. Like you really can get a couple of lights for about 30 bucks and it's mm. an investment and it's going to improve your photos so much. Yeah, I often use a combination of natural light and my softbox mm. lights yeah. as well. So, but again, it's the time of day. Like I wouldn't be photographing at 5 p.m. because it's golden hour. And the sun has a like a reddish, you know, cast to it. So because of the angle. So you've got to make sure you're doing it at the right time of day when it's yeah. proper, you know, midday-ish sun. Mm, which like again is why I'm like, just close your curtain and your windows <laughs> and just use artificial light so you can do it at any time. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I love the look of that natural sort of you can tell. Yeah, it's I mean, sunlight. there's that too. If you when you get really good at photography, you can actually play with really beautiful natural light reflecting, especially on like mm. lifestyle shots and stuff. And you can tell that it's beautiful light. But when you're just getting started, I think it's just adding too much pressure. Yeah, it's, it's just easier, it's just, you know, then yeah. you can become better and have fun. But yeah. Um, at the same time, like how do you ever get better if you're always just going to do that, you know? Like maybe you do. Anyway, oh, I seems like you're already learning like angles and how to style and how to, you know, all these things. Like, Yeah, but working mm. with light specifically. Yeah, you know, Like mm. that is the main thing of the key of photography yeah. is light. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, that's a whole different point. If people just want to get their product photos amazing and that's all they want to do and that's fine, yes, have a setup. If you actually are interested in getting better at photography, then you can practice more with mm. kind of stuff. But that's a different yeah. conversation. Yeah. Long story short, you need daylight, yeah. natural daylight yeah. light. Whether it's coming from the sun in the middle of the day or it's coming from lights and avoid harsh shadows. So use diffuse light. Those are the Don't main mix rules. color tints like we were mentioning for the white balance. Like you can't have like a yellow kitchen table to compensate on the left. And then on the right, you have like this white umbrella because it's going to clash massively and your white balance will never work because you'll have a yellow source of light and like a whiter source of light. So that's important too. Mm-hmm. Okay, bad yeah. angles is our number five. Okay, this is interesting because it's it's one of those where the line is like, it's hard to explain. Because as you were saying before, Jess, yeah. angles are important and you can actually step out of the boring, flat, perfectly straight angle and have those really interesting, especially for jewelry and things like that, where you, you show like on the mm-hmm. diagon, like I don't even know how to explain. I'm doing sign with my hands that no one can see. Yeah. Well, I know what you mean, but that's because I do it. You know, like not just the flat. <laughs> You're on a shallow angle from yeah. an interesting side. Yeah, but angle then there's also yeah. that works for some products, and there's also some angles that are completely unnecessary for other products and just bad, just mm-hmm. awkward, just like that changed the kind of perspective of the product, I suppose. And so mm-hmm. then you don't really like it changed your straight lines into like diagonal lines. Am I making sense? It's hard to explain in a podcast. Yeah, no, you are. <laughs> And look, I, even though I do like my initial product photo will probably be one of those more artistic ones, I will still generally take the boring yeah. flight down at least for one. So it's still there. So people get that really basic, this is exactly what it looks mm-hmm. like top down, but then that's not the first photo I'll use because it's not as sexy yeah. basically. It doesn't capture yeah. the eye in quite the same way. I think way. what mm-hmm. some people do is that they go, okay, I have like, I can have like on my website however many, like 12 pictures or whatever. And they're like, I need to find 12. And you run out of ideas. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, I don't really know. Like I've taken a couple of this angle. And then you start just going around and taking all these shots and uploading them all. You you need to curate. Like some of the shots and those angles, they're not bringing anything to the customer. Like it's not telling them anything more mm-hmm. about the product. You don't need to have 12 different angles. You just need to pick the one that make the most sense. And some angles are just odd. Like they sort of distort the product, mm-hmm. you know, especially things that are mm-hmm. kind of squarish or like if you have a candle and you take it from like an odd top diagonal angle. Like, I don't know. There's just some stuff out there. You're like, you literally just uploaded all your shots into your shop, didn't you? <laughs> it yeah. Even if you're sort of trying to think about it when you're actually taking the photos, if you think about, you know, having something on the the vertical axis. So say it's a pen or an earring or whatever it might be and you've got it straight up and down and that's the shot that Jess was talking about, just the sort of flat on straight. Then if you're wanting to do a bit more of an angle, then you would sort of, you know, tilt it. So you tilt the camera so you have a bit more of an angle. I think the danger is that people then like go like too far and it's sort of like we're going around the clock here, like we're, you know, it's almost at the three o'clock and so it's almost horizontal. So when you are doing angles for if it's front on or on the back or like trying to show different sides of the product, think about like you want the angle to be look on purpose but not Mm. any further than that, right? So it's not straight. So if you put it on a tiny little angle and it could almost be straight, that's bad because then it's not straight. It like doesn't look on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's only a tiny bit off. So you need a little bit further than that. But then once you start going too far, it's like, oh, is this supposed to be like sideways? Yeah, is the, does the photo need to be flipped? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's so when you start yeah. twisting you, your neck to kind of like. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you want your customers to be able to look at this photo head straight, just normal, without having to like do a yeah. little head tilt to see what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Good call. That was okay. a great explanation. It's really hard to describe all this verbally. I think you did yeah. really well. I mean, I could see you too, and you oh, were dude. doing some really beautiful movement with your hands. That I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I wish everyone else could see that. But I think you explained it so much better than we could. Hey there, maker. Are you loving the business of making podcast? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast itself. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. Okay, number six is no editing or bad, or bad editing, editing or editing over editing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, well, so I've seen a lot of photos that probably maybe even have been edited, but they look like they've come straight out of the camera because they look very flat, they look very dull, mm. they haven't been cropped. It's either, again, what I was just saying, like it needs to look on purpose. So if your product is only just slightly off centre, it's like, well, that is it supposed to be in the centre? I don't think so. <laughs> and so maybe they need to crop it so it's like on the rule of thirds or something, so it's compositionally important yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Composition. Can you describe the rule of thirds to people, Michaela? Because sure. I was wondering that up. Rule of thirds <laughs> is basically you divide whatever shape you have, so either the, a square or a, a portrait mode or a landscape mode, divide it into three so on the horizontal axis and then the vertical axis, so you have two lines running down, two lines running across, you should have your point of focus on one of those lines and even better if it's on one of the axes where those lines are intersecting because that's the golden ratio as well sort of fits in that rule of thirds. Mm-hmm. Compositional stuff, if you want to look into it further, mm-hmm. feel free to Google rule of thirds. It's very, very simple but it's very effective mm-hmm. if you're not doing mm-hmm. like a fully centred sort of symmetrical mm-hmm. layout. Yeah, very helpful. So there's over-editing where I see this a lot, especially people with white eye. See, I really hate the whole clipping thing, like where people clip the product out of the background and put it on a white background. Well, this is very eBay, Amazon kind of look, right? Like it's very manufactured in China and sold on Amazon type shops. But you know what? You don't like it because it's done poorly. Yeah. Like everyone Probably. does it really, really badly. When it's done well, it looks really good, but everyone does it really, really bad. So, yeah, probably just going to do it. When it's obvious that's what you've done, I think that's not a good yeah. look personally. Like, if I mean, you're there's do all that. sorts of things you could do if you're really good at Photoshop. You oh, yeah. depatch it, you clip it out, you select the thing and you get rid of the background and then you could do like a, you know, diagonal two-tone background and then it doesn't matter about your poor bloody background because you do whatever you want. But mm. that's like a whole another bloody qualification is being fantastic at Photoshop. And is that what you want yeah. to do or do you want to sell your products? Yeah. So mm. getting a bit ranty. I don't even know why. No, but I'm <laughs> like, I just don't think that's like for handmade products. I just don't think that's a very mm. good look. I think it looks very cheap. And like you said, eBay handmade, uh, sorry, eBay sort yeah. of look. I think it's better off to have, like, I think, see, to me, I feel like this comes out of this obsession that some people think you have to have a white background and if you can't pull it off then you have to clip it out yeah, and put it on a white background yeah. no I agree. like you don't please stop thinking you have to do that mm. it doesn't have to in fact some of the most successful handmade business owners don't use white backgrounds you know it's not necessary mm. it'd be better if you used a background that just looks beautifully complementary to your product and it looks natural 
And I think that looking natural is more important, especially when it comes to handmade, because what tends to happen with those sort of clipped a lot of the time is they're also really over-edited or over-lit. So they're like the products really harshly exposed, yeah. Exposed, yeah, yeah, overexposed. When you were and saying then clipping, onto I thought background. you meant because in a like a lighting histogram, oh, like yeah, when no. it gets overexposed, it's clipped. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah, like, yeah, no. when it's like clipped, it's really shit. That is also bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that either. What I say when you start editing, don't just go for the freaking brightness or exposure or contrast yeah, no, sliders. No, no, no. So don't yeah. start there. <laughs> start if you with actually the more play with that stuff. too much, you took a bad shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you need to actually fix the picture itself. Like if there's a point where if you move those sliders too much, or mm. yeah, we've, we're getting into the overexposed, burnt, you know, when it's burnt, you're actually mm. losing pixels. <laughs> yeah, and it just looks it's terrible. just not mm. good mm. yeah it looks unnatural and again I guess that's my pet peeve is just a photo that looks unnatural in some way mm. like it should look natural like it's in front of me in the real world I don't yeah. want it to look like it's you know <laughs> something out of a video game or something you know like mm. overexposed or unnaturally located or whatever like so be very careful with your editing that you don't overdo it. Yeah start with like the highlights and the shadows what's it called the clarity or the there's a few different ones in different programs, but it sort of adjusts the midtones yeah. without blowing out the skin tones and stuff like that. So mm. play with that stuff. Don't over. Yeah, I it. think a lot of people use very basic settings that kind of affect the entire image as well, yes. like all the tones and all the light in the image where you can actually, depending on what software we're using, we're not going to dive into that because it's already, we're diving deep into each of these points, but... <laughs> Deb's you like, know, I need um, to hurry it up, move it along. I'm like, I'm the host and I'm freaking out. We're really taking a long time on each point, but I'm loving it at the same time. So maybe yeah. it's going to be a longer episode, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, there's some some of those slider. They're just a little bit too like blanket fix and it's never actually going to work. Sometimes you're only going to need to fix what's called the highlights or the shadow part of your mm. picture and moving just those sliders. So like putting more light where there's shadows or putting more shadows where there's lights is going to work better. And I think, you know, it takes a little time as well to learn these things. And I feel like a lot of people stop just before they really get it because they're like, oh, this is getting annoying now. Like I'm frustrated at all these settings on my app or whatever. Fair enough, because it can be a little bit headachy. <laughs> but once you know how to use like your the main tool in whatever editing app you're using, I often, I'm an Adobe person, so I use Lightroom and not really Photoshop anymore for photo, really. To be honest, I use Lightroom a lot. And I use Snapseed a lot too on my phone. Which yeah, I use that on my phone. Right. I don't know why they don't have a bloody web-based app or like a program on the computer. Oh, it's, it's annoying. so great. It used to exist and then they retired it. And I was like, no. Anyway, <laughs> just go into the further settings of those apps. Because if you use the main one that says light, <laughs> brightness, it's often <laughs> not going to work. It's no, funny, it's like not. thinking, I don't want to sound like a fucking knob here, but I never really used any extra apps because I focus so much on the light when taking the photo. Yes. So like mm. I never really have to use anything beyond a tiny bump. As you guys are saying, like don't just go straight to the like exposure or brightness, but that's all I ever do and it's just a tiny bump and then it's good because the light yeah. mm-hmm. that was available when I was taking the photo was the quality. So the more you can focus on it in the first place, the less you have to focus on, oh, like what apps do I need to use and how to use do the clarity mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. The better the photo is from the start, the less editing you have to ever do, which yeah, is Yeah, nice. like takes so much longer to fix a bad photo in editing and it's never going to be as good as actually going back and taking the shot again, which mm-hmm. sounds so counterintuitive and you're like, no, I do not want to set up for this shot again. 
but it is like you end up in this like and so, I've, I'm sure we've all been there. You have taken, you've made so many edits on your picture. You forgot how it was looking at the beginning. Yes. And yeah. like, you're like, I'm sure is it was going good for- or is this going bad? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. And you're like, I'm sure it was good five steps ago, but I forgot how, where I was five steps mm. ago. And now I'm definitely too bright and I don't know. And you just want to like stop. <laughs> you just want to give up. So like the less editing you have to do, honestly, the the better. Uh, but yeah, play with those curves. No one likes these tools, but curves is my favorite. Learn how to use it. It's a beautiful tool. Yeah, I mean, I literally have people in my membership when I ask about uh, this question. They're like, yeah, I don't edit anymore because I gave up because it was too hard oh, and I couldn't wow. work out how to do it. I'm like, no. no and I know, think yeah. it doesn't have to be that hard. It really doesn't. No. And I think, yeah, I yeah. think it can sound really, really complicated and it just really doesn't have to be. Yeah. 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 All right. So next one is using auto mode, number seven. We've all done it. A lot of us yeah. probably are still doing it. It's not the best choice. Whether yeah. you're using a DSLR, a mirrorless, or your phone, you really should learn a couple of basic camera settings that will make a huge difference. My favorite or least favorite one, if you screw it up, will make a terrible photo is your ISO or your mm. ISO. If you oh, have that set too high. Story oh, please do. Oh, yes. but it's not really product photography, but when I used to be taking photos of like aspirational models in Canberra, we went to Sydney to this hotel and we're doing this big photo shoot. There was like eight models and it was this big whole thing. I shouldn't tell this story actually because I have, anyway, no one's going to listen to it. It's fine. So <laughs> I accidentally had my ISO set to like 1600 or something which is very high and every single photo came out so freaking grainy I had to edit the hell out it was like the the worst so that's probably not like doesn't even really mean anything to anyone if you haven't been using a DSLR or anything like that but grain that's introduced yeah can you explain why this is so why ISO is so important yeah right (laughs) so there's no like you were talking about clarity before there's no clarity Mm -hmm. so like as soon as you zoom in you lose so much of the the photo like it starts looking blurry but also the pixels of the actual image are like mushed in together so like there's no defined lines and then if you sort of zoom in on someone's eye from a far away photo, you can, you know, it goes all blurry. That was like that for the whole photo. And I'm like, oh, shit, like what do I do this? People have paid for their photos. Yes. Anyway, so I just spent fucking a lot of time on them and made them presentable so it was okay. But that was like it was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. You can't fix that because it's no. embedded in the shot because essentially yeah. ISO is like you telling your camera, can you please be super sensitive to light? And so, mm-hmm. like, we're not without getting super camera geeky, but, yeah, so your camera is being all sensitive. It's like sunburning. <laughs> it's burning, yeah. So it's like as if there was it burning the film. So it's like it's yeah. yeah, it's just too much information. There's too many pixels. The pixels are not the right colours, basically. The pixels mm-hmm. should be all skin tone. No, we're mm-hmm. going to introduce all these other colours into that, and it's oh, a disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you've ever mm-hmm. taken your photos and you've looked at them on your screen, you're like, why does everything look so, like, grainy and gross? It's because the ISO was too high. Yeah. And there's no fixing that really. Like nah. it's incredibly difficult to get Which rid of Which again that, goes so. back to light, right? So it's exactly a having enough light. You want yes. to like pump up the ISO, but you don't yes. actually want to pump up the ISO because that introduces grain. So you need to exactly. the light in a different way. Yeah. Exactly. I think if you like there's you get a camera and you're like, okay, there's a lot of buttons, there's a lot of mon- menus, submenus. Like it can be pretty overwhelming when you get a first DSLR mm-hmm. or mirrorless or whatever. 
I always say like, A, don't stress too much about the camera itself because I have a lot of people asking me what camera should I get? And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like yeah. honestly, like definitely you don't need the latest model. That's going to cost too much. You don't need all these things. A good body, meaning like without the lens from a, a brand like, you know, Nikon, Sony, Canon, all of those, even if it's five-year-old, honestly, it's going to take good enough pictures. It's more about yeah. the lens that you want to spend more money on. But anyway, regardless of that, once you get your camera, there's really four things you need to understand. And if you Google that and only understand those settings in your camera, you're 90% there. And it's like ISO, shutter speed, aperture, and depth of field, like understanding the concept of depth. Those four things is pretty much all you need to do to get started. And then, you know, the relationship between those, which is called, what is it called? The triangle? Exposure triangle. Yeah. triangle. These are the things you need to Google. Yeah. It's like a... Yeah, it's tricky because it is an in-depth subject and mm. it's like if you want to if you want to understand that relationship, it is a bit of a learning curve. Like yeah. you want to get off mm. the auto mode, it is a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Once you get it or just like follow the instructions over and over again, you're like, oh, okay, it becomes easier and it's not that tricky. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, when think- you play around with it too, you'll just see, like if you hold your camera up and like move the things around, you'll see what it's doing. Mm. Yeah. To the picture, yeah. And sort of, you can get a Instant feel for feedback. what you need to do. Yeah, right. You can get a feel for what you. This is how I learned to use my new Canon. You know, when I'm filming yeah. and stuff and taking photos, I'm like, okay, well, oh, well, if I if I ch- change the aperture, then it gets brighter or it gets darker, and the depth of field changes. Okay, cool. What do I want out of this picture? Like, you know. Yeah. So once you get what each of those things does and you understand it, it becomes quite easy to yeah adjust i think the the big mistake though is trying to think you're going to be able to figure that out for the first time as well as take pictures good pictures that day of your product like i always say just take a day or an afternoon that you assume is going to give you zero good pictures yeah totally yeah so that it removes that pressure as well of like oh my god i've been there for two hours i haven't got one single good shot like Mm. let that not be the point Yeah. And actually just experience with your camera for an afternoon and have fun with it. Like take pictures of everything, like get yeah. a mug, get your products, mm-hmm. get a bit of everything, you know, just to play with your camera because yeah. that. So it's a bit more fun and less pressure-y, you know? Really yeah, good. I like walked around my yard and took photos of flowers and, like, you know, all sorts of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that's what we did when I learned photography when I was in high school, film <laughs> photography back then. We literally had to go around and take photos. We'd have to write down the shot number write yeah. down the aperture because you didn't have any of that because of manual mm-hmm. camera so you didn't have yeah. any of that information in the like exa or anything didn't exist so we had to write every single thing down and then you do the whole like expose them and do the bloody whole thing that doesn't exist anymore either in many school <laughs> and then you finally have the photo to look at finally have the photo to look at because you can't remember taking the bloody thing because it was so long ago and then you compare it to the data that you'd written down you're like oh right so when it's this that makes it this so yeah, it's gosh. much easier now because it's more instant, obviously. It's immediate, yeah. 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 Just, you know, you just got to keep looking at it and seeing what how it's affecting the end result. Yeah. I just did a video on this in my YouTube channel about how to do this on your phone because a lot of phones will have an yeah. expert mode where you can adjust most of these things and you'll end up getting a better photo. If you yeah, those latest that. phones all have like multiple lenses and things now that yeah, it's amazing. so much with. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay, next is not taking enough photos or different types of pictures, essentially. I think that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, like there are, I think it's seven types of product photos you should be taking ideally that like showcase all the different elements of all that you could be taking, like a model shot, a group shot. There's a whole bunch of other ones I've talked about in the past. But yeah, so make sure you're not just taking one 
photo. <laughs> I would say, I would, wouldn't you yeah. think like the opposite would be true that they're taking too many but then maybe like not uploading the right ones perhaps? I don't know. I would just well, think I, would be taking a million and then. Well, I think not. you might, but I think people well, don't. Yeah, like, maybe. I think this is a problem is they're like, My oh, I've taken three. That's experience, enough. experience, right? Yeah, yeah, like you go into someone's shop and they have literally one photo of their product and I'm like, what, why? Yeah, what? Right. Or two, no, but like, the second one is like a different zoom level of it. Oh, like I know. Like a different yeah, frame yeah, yeah. photo. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. You're not well, it's the same, anyone. but with a logo on it. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's the same thing. Cool. Yeah. Like have it in different contexts, have it in its context that it lives in, in real life, you know, yeah. show what it looks like. If yeah. it's a bag, show the inside. If it's something else, show the back. Like show yeah. the whole product. Mm. Get, do a scale photo for the love of God. Please do a scale photo of some description yeah. that shows people immediately how big your product is or how small your product is without them having to read a description because they won't yeah. most likely read it. And then yeah. again, and even you, if the they do point, read it, it's like you, you still can't visualize. Yeah. Like if you tell me, oh, this is like 16 centimeter long, you know, I still want to see like how it, I don't know what I'm thinking about, but let's say it's a long, very long earring, 16 centimeters. <laughs> oh my God. Like a pencil case, a handbag, like a clutch, a clutch bag. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it's it. like, you kind of know what it is, but you want to see it. it it's mm, not yeah. the same way how it sits on someone or, you know, especially make I'm thinking it, for like jewelry and things like that. Very yeah. Important. Make it easy for your customers to just click the buy button because they have all their questions answered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just show mm-hmm. them what the things and I've even noticed a lot especially a lot on eBay and stuff these days is that they'll put all of the like data on the pictures as well mm-hmm. you know they'll put the, the measurements and stuff yeah. on a photo because they know people aren't reading Absolutely. so that's something you can do as long as you do it in a classy way yeah and it's not like ugly looking not the main not the first photo don't do it on your first photo but definitely not yeah. you're not eBay but oh, <laughs> do they have eBay in America I don't know I keep yeah saying. eBay eBay yeah. is everywhere, isn't it? eBay Amazon. Is like, yeah. Honestly, we don't have that. But I'm eBay is in like France, that. so it's definitely okay. in America. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> I just That's a weird question. Talking. I never hear them talking about it, though. I hear them talking about Amazon all the time. Yeah. It's like everybody shops on Amazon now. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. Tell, Tell us. Definitely what, what, if you're an American, is eBay still a big thing or does everybody just shop on Amazon for the yeah. cheap stuff? So, yeah, you make sure you're taking enough photos of enough different types of photos so that yeah. you can... I was going to say, make sure one of your photos is a video. (laughs) Ideally, yeah. But like we have done a podcast or two or maybe three. I think we've done a full month on video on this podcast. Definitely a Patreon special episode on that. And definitely talked about how you can use video as well inside of your product listings. Definitely go and check that out because it's important. But the very last one, we've actually almost covered when we talked about Mm -hmm. bad angles or I can't remember what we were talking about, but it's bad editing. And editing, yeah. And we were talking about composition. So number nine, the mistake is bad cropping. So this is kind of what Michaela was talking about was the rule of third. And then for me, my pet peeves is when I can't see the full product in a picture that annoys me so much as a customer. If you have a picture that is vertical and you didn't leave enough room on the side of your product that you can crop it in the right ratio and you actually crop your product. And so your product is not, you can't see the full product. That's Mm -hmm. super problematic. Yeah. (laughs) becomes an issue see what I'm buying unless I'm like I don't know it's just it's not professional you need to see except I guess if it's like a, a section of it to show a certain feature or something yeah, like if it's done on yeah. purpose yeah. But you can yeah, tell yeah. when it's on purpose and when yeah. it's just that the ratio was not mm-hmm. thought yeah. about and so yeah. when it got cropped it's just kind of cropped the, the picture off yeah 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 always give a little bit of extra room my pet peeve and we might even get into this in the next Patreon episode is when the product is too close to the edge so it hasn't been cropped but it's very mm. close to the yes. 
Uh, and it's you just need to give it a little bit more room around. Yeah, this is like when you look at it, you also this is like when we're saying the bad angles sometimes make you twist your neck mm. a little as a customer or like a user on a on Etsy or whatever. You start twisting your neck, you know that there's an angle problem. And same thing when it's too close, and you kind of want to like yeah, take yeah, I'm like moving back away from yeah, you're like, you're not not away it's from the screen as if it was going <laughs> to fix the problem. Like <laughs> you don't want to make your customer do any kind of like neck gym movements if they are. Picture. All right. Well, that was a lot. We could have talked 16 minutes on each of those points. Yeah, (laughs) easily. But yeah, I think we've covered the most important ones. And I hope that we've given you some tips along the way. I'm hoping that some of you were like, oh, that's how I fix this. Because Mm -hmm. often you just, it's just something you just didn't really know. And then once you're aware of it, it's actually a quick fix. Um, But you just know that it's that it's a problem. So thank you so much, everyone. In the next episode, we're going to keep talking about product photography, but as Jess was explaining, it's going to be uh, essentially reviewing product pictures that some of our patrons have sent us. So we'll have the link to the pictures and we're going to be giving them tips uh, for the pictures that they've sent and how we would make them better. Or maybe some of them are perfect and we'll tell them. Um, <laughs> so if you're a patron, looking forward to that one. If you're not, you can go to patreon.com slash T-B-O-M to join us and support us. <laughs> Thanks to all our supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.